Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of day you happen to be listening. Welcome back to Moms of Minis podcast. I am your host, Lindsay. We are still doing the separate episodes. Um, It's just been really hard to get together. Our schedules are so crazy right now. Um, But hopefully you guys don't mind too much. You don't mind listening to my voice. Um, That being said, we got to stay in our format. So my self-care. Um, honestly, my self-care is happening right now. I am talking to you guys. I have my Bucky's beaver nugget candle lit. Uh, I have like seven drinks because I am a thousand percent a beverage goblin. And yeah, this is just like my me time. My daughter is in her swing. My son is at Waldorf having a water day. So I am just chilling in my element. And this is honestly the best me time I've had all week. So, um, just to give you guys a real quick update on what has been going on in my life. So my daughter is one month old, um, well a month and a little extra and she is amazing. She's growing like a weed. She eats like a champ. She sleeps really well. She rarely cries. She just kind of squawks like a bird when she needs something. Um, she's amazing. Uh, but when she was two weeks old, um, my husband broke his ankle while playing softball, a pretty bad break. Actually, he broke, I don't even know how many bones, three, I think. Um, so he has been on crutches. Uh, he had to have surgery a couple weeks ago and uh my life has just been so incredibly hectic uh because you know i lost my partner i lost my help so uh in addition to taking care of my two-year-old and my newborn i was also responsible of taking care of my husband in my house and um i actually had to put my cat down last week too. So it's just, uh, it's been a month that that's what I got to say to you guys. It has been a month. Um, but you know, let's, let's move forward as promised. I am doing a hospital comparison this week between Christus and press. I tried to be as, um, objective as possible, just getting down to the facts, leaving my emotion and all that out of it. However, you know, obviously it was my experience. So there will be a little bit of that, um, thrown in, but I'm going to try and just like, you know, get to the point. So in 2021, I had my son at Christus St. Vincent hospital in Santa Fe. Um, if you are not a Santa Fe listener, this episode may not, uh, help you very much, but it might kind of give you ideas of what you need to look for in your hospital. If you're going to be delivering sometime in the future. So first off, uh, for Christus, the check-in procedure, I don't know if this is standard procedure or just because it was still COVID at that time, but I had to go through the ER regardless of time of day or, um, you know, what symptoms that I was experiencing, I had to check in through the, through the ER. And then a nurse from L and D came and got me and brought me up to L and D, uh, in the actual L and D ward, there was a separate, 
um, area for triage that had, I want to say, three or four rooms and one central nurse's station just for the triage. Um, the rooms were very, very small. It was basically just a, a bed with a monitor system. And I think like a single chair was also in the room for, you know, your support person. And there was one communal bathroom and that was it. Uh, so when I went through triage, I was in my triage room until I was admitted. So even though I was progressing very quickly with my labor, I was not admitted into, uh, my actual delivery room until I think I was like four or five centimeters dilated. And my, my contractions were like, I don't know, four minutes apart at that time. Um, so I was not admitted until then when I was admitted, I was moved into my delivery room. Again, the room was pretty basic. There was no tub in the room. Uh, however, there was one communal tub available, which I was kind of like gross. What if somebody else is in there? So that's kind of something to consider if you do want, um, not necessarily a water birth, but if you want the ability to kind of lay down in the, in the warm water and, you know, work through your contractions that way, there was only one tub, um, and it was communal. I was not offered a yoga or a peanut ball at any point. Uh, however, that could just be because my labor was progressing so quickly. Um, my midwife did offer me alternative labor positions. Um, you know, I was told I could stand. I was told I could be on all fours. I was told I could squat. Um, they did not, however, offer to like change the bed position for me. So um, I'll kind of get into what press did and when I talk about them, but um, basically that was all I was offered. You know, you can get on all fours, you can squat, you can stand, you can do traditional legs in the stirrup. Um, I was offered pain management. Uh, however, I had put in my birth plan that I did not want an epidural unless absolutely necessary. That was kind of like my nuclear option. Um, and I told my midwife that upfront. Um, they were very confused when I handed them a written copy of my birth plan. They kind of looked at me like I was crazy. Um, but they did respect my birth plan. It was written in mine that my husband was not to go below my waist. Basically, if you could not assist, if there was a medical emergency, you had no reason to be down there. And at one point, uh, one of the nurses had to step away while I was pushing for, you know, helping another patient or whatever. And, uh, another nurse who was not my midwife kind of was like, Hey dad, like, why don't you help grab a leg? And my midwife very quickly stepped in and said, no, it is in her birth, her birth plan that her husband does not go down, down past her waist. So that, that was very nice that my birth plan was respected and I didn't have to worry about, you know, feeling like I was not being heard in that respect. Uh, as far as delivery, uh, they did offer medical interventions, so a vacuum, forceps, etc. I did not want them, but they were offered to me. Pain management, again, was offered uh, throughout the delivery process, and I did have some very minor tearing. Uh, I don't know exactly what degree it was, but I know it was not very severe. And the nurse said, you know, your son is out. You are more than welcome to get 
that pain management now if you want it. The uh, only reason that I did not take it at the first chance it was offered, and this is kind of my subjectivity getting into it, but I will tell you why. My midwife, while she was stitching me, kept saying, oh, we're almost done. We're almost done. We're almost done. And so in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, well, we're almost done. Why do I need pain pain management if this is only going to be happening for the next minute or so? However, it did not happen to be a minute. I was being stitched up for probably about an hour to an hour and a half, and I felt everything. I was in excruciating pain, and my midwife, I felt like, was lying to me. So I guess use that how you will. But, uh, you know, hindsight being twenty twenty, I would have absolutely taken that pain management the second it was offered to me once my son was delivered. They did respect skin to skin and golden hour. Uh, that being said, my son basically came out. He was all cheesy and gloopy, and they plopped him on my chest. And that, to me, was shocking, honestly, because, you know, you watch all the movies and the shows, and they immediately clean up the baby, and the baby gets handed to you all cute and pink and clean. And mine was cheesy, so... Uh, I appreciated that I got the skin to skin. I appreciated that I got the golden hour, but my son was gross. Uh, they did not offer delayed cord clamping. Uh, that being said, I didn't ask for it either. So I don't know if that's something I would respect. Uh, they did offer placenta preservation. So, you know, they asked me, did I want to see the placenta? They asked me, was I planning to save my placenta and seemed pretty, pretty open with, uh, you being able to take your placenta with you if you wanted it for encapsulation or uh, any kind of preservation. All the nurses in the LND ward are trained as LCs, lactation consultants, so they were able to help me with my son's latch. Uh, if you've listened to this podcast before, you've heard that I have talked about the actual lactation consultant at Christus was extremely unhelpful in my position. So honestly, the nurses were way better at helping me, helping explain what it should feel like, what it should look like, how to get my son to latch properly, what to do if I felt like my nipples were, you know, being flattened or whatever. Actual uh, lactation consultant was pretty unhelpful, as I've already stated. So you spent 24 hours in your delivery room before being moved to recovery, and this is one thing that I would like to point out. Um, so my husband and I have talked about this before. You know, hospital foods are n- notoriously awful. But I will say uh, hospitals are also pretty stingy on the food that they give you. So at Christus, you are only allowed one meal for your support person. However, mom could order as many meals as you wanted. So, you know, you want... A burger and fries and your partner wants an enchilada and meatloaf just say all of it's for you and you know that's kind of the way around that rule um there's also a 24-hour snack cart available in the labor and delivery ward so that had uh, juice milk coffee jello um just like kind of little snacky foods so if mom got hungry when the cafeteria was not open or partner got hungry 
they could just help themselves to that. Uh, so after your 24 hours in the labor room, you were moved to your recovery room. And I just remember that being the longest walk ever. Uh, they were not very close together. I had to walk down a very long hallway while I'm still recovering. You know, my lady bits are dragging on the floor. I was shuffling. It was the longest, most horrific walk I have ever taken in my life. Uh, but once I was in the room, it was slightly more spacious than the delivery room. Uh, still not super comfortable though. Uh, there was a shower available. There was no shower chair. Uh, there was a little, you know, one of the handicap bars in the showers, but there was no, no shelving to put any of your belongings in your shower. Uh, their sink was very small. There wasn't any kind of like vanity or anything available either. Uh, when you are in the recovery room, you do have the option to get donor milk or, well, I guess in, after your baby is delivered, you have the option to get donor milk. If you did not want to do formula, uh, you could also bring your own milk. So if you had been collecting colostrum or you know, you had milk from a previous pregnancy or whatever, you do still have uh, the option to bring your own because they have a fridge for that. And all newborn tests were performed in the room with mom. So that was the hearing test, the bilirubin, they drew the blood in the room, um, which has pros and cons, right? You can see your baby, you know your baby is there, However, you are also hearing your baby scream when they're getting their bilirubin test. And that, if you're, especially if you're a first-time mom, can be extremely traumatic. The only tests that were not performed in the recovery room was the circumcision and the tongue tie, which my son both had performed. And lastly, we're going to get into COVID restrictions. Now, this was in 2021, so take that how you will. I'm sure things are changed by now. But in 2021, you were only allowed one visitor, one support person, and one certified doula in your room. Your mask had to be on at all times. That included mom. And your visitors could only leave one time per day. So this was extremely frustrating because we have cats that require, well, we had cats that required special needs at that time, so they needed pills in the morning and in the evening. They needed to be fed at certain times, you know, just even going home to take a shower. It's like you had to really plan your trips accordingly because you were only allowed to leave and come back once. So again, things have probably changed. If you are given the option to tour the labor and delivery unit at Christus at this point in time, I highly recommend you do it just so you can kind of get a feel of what it's like. So now moving on to my Presbyterian experience. So check-in, you were allowed to check-in through the labor and delivery unit during business hours. So unfortunately, I still had to go through ER because I went into labor on a holiday, but if you go into labor during regular business hours, you can just go straight up to the labor and delivery unit. For their triage station, they had two triage rooms and one central nurse station. 
The triage rooms uh, had their own bathrooms, which I thought was a very nice touch because if there happened to be somebody else that was triaging and you need to use the restroom and they were in it, you know, you didn't have to worry about that. You could do what you needed to do in the privacy of your own room. And there was, again, a bed, a chair for your support person and a testing, you know, monitoring station in the room. And like I said, the private bathroom was definitely a nice feature. So after you were admitted, there is a very small L&D unit. I can't remember how many beds they said there were, but I think it was something like between four and six. Uh, I lucked out when I went into labor for our entire stay at the hospital. We were the only ones there. So that was pretty nice. We didn't have to worry about what if there's no beds. Um, there is a bathtub in every labor room, a very large, deep bathtub, which was, again, amazing. It was so nice to be able to just kind of relax in the water and work through my contractions in the nice warm water. And they were able to do, you know, my IV while I was in the tub and do a lot of, like, the questioning while I was in the tub. So that was a very nice, nice um, thing available to me. There are yoga, yoga balls and different size peanut balls available as well. I think they had a small and a medium peanut ball. And they offered tons of alternative labor positions. They actually had a little um, like placard sheet with the different uh, positions you could labor in depending on how dilated you were. So that was great. They also changed up the bed positioning. Uh, so they were able to like drop the foot of the bed and I could sit up like it was a throne. I did a lot of my laboring in that position. It was honestly amazing. It was I mean, as comfortable as you can be while you're pushing out a baby uh, and trying to get your, get your uh, cervix dilated, but it was definitely a nice, nice feature. Pain management was offered and re-offered throughout the, throughout the process. You know, I think that's one thing that birth plans are not, they're, they're very fluid. They're not, you know, be all end all. So you can change, change what you want. So, you know, when you walk in, you may think, I don't want, I don't want that pain management. I don't want that epidural. But if you're like me and you're 12 hours in and you're like, there's no end in sight and you decide I want that epidural, they your birth plan allows for that. It's not, it's not a law binding contract. Um, and they did respect my birth plan and, you know, talk to me about it, talked about what I was thinking, what I was feeling, which I thought was great. The nurses were extremely communicative and I was always told every step of the way, here's this new person entering the room. This is why they're here. This is what they're going to help you with. So that was great. During delivery, medical intervention was offered asterisks. So when I went into labor, I was 36 weeks and I was told until 39 weeks, there would be no um, assistance. So they would not give me Pitocin. They would not break my water. Um, they wouldn't do any anything to speed up my labor. They just kind of wanted, if, if I went into labor, they weren't going to stop it, but they weren't going to do things to promote the, promote the labor. However, um, I did, 
uh, have my water partially break. So they did fully break it. So that was the only intervention. And then, yeah, I had to be put on the Pitocin because at that point my water had broken. Standard is a delayed cord clamp of one minute. So you do have one minute of delayed cord clamping. That's just their standard practice. They did the skin to skin and the golden hour. They did wipe down my daughter. She didn't come to me all cheesy, which I appreciated. I mean, I would have loved my daughter even if she were cheesy, but it was very nice to have a clean baby that I could kiss and snuggle on and not be grossed out by. They again offered the placenta preservation, which I was not interested in, but they did offer it. And all the nurses were trained as lactation consultants again. So they were there to assist with latch and, you know, diagnose a tongue tie and all that kind of stuff. And I was moved to recovery after five hours. So I was told when I did my hospital tour of Presbyterian that that is standard because there are so few delivery rooms. They do, you know, kind of need you to get up and moving, assuming you have a nice, healthy delivery, which thankfully I did. Once you were uh, in the recovery room, or well, I guess to go back to after delivery, uh, Presbyterian does not have donor milk available, but if you do have your own milk, you are able to bring it. They have a fridge for that. Newborn tests are all done in the nursery. So unlike Christus, where they do them all in the room with you, uh, all your testing is done in another room. You can go to that other room they don't tell you you can't, um, but they do take your baby to do that testing. Uh, they're gone for probably like an hour, hour and a half. And, you know, this is totally what you, what you're feeling. I, I kind of liked that my daughter was taken. I mean, that sounds weird, but, um, it was nice to kind of have a moment to reset and, take a shower and do the things I needed to do. And my husband also left and did the things he needed to do at that time. So it was, it was a good thing in our situation. However, I could totally understand if you wanted to be in the nursery with your child to experience that. Uh, there is no, uh, NICU available at Presbyterian. So babies who have, you know, severe, um, medical problems are, taken to another hospital. So either Christus, if they have room or, you know, they're medevaced to another hospital. Uh, my guess is most likely it'd be UNMH in Albuquerque or the Presbyterian there. So again, that's just something to think about. Um, you know, Christus does have the neonatal intensive care unit and Presbyterian does not. Uh, so going back to meals, because that's what we all care about, right? Uh, you are only allowed one entree and one snack, regardless of if it's mom or support person, there are no extra meals available to you. So this was kind of frustrating in our position because obviously I want to eat and my husband wants to eat. So that was kind of a frustrating situation for us, but obviously it wasn't the end of the world. Presbyterian is located in a pretty, a pretty good food area, you know, nearby there's McDonald's, there's a Taco Bell, there's a Dion's, you know, there's tons of stuff over there. 
Uh, and there is a snack cart available 24 seven with water, coffee, vitamin water, jello, graham crackers. They also had like the prepackaged deli sandwiches available too. And to finish off, uh, just to kind of keep everything equal, I'll go over the COVID restrictions that were also in place when I delivered my daughter in 2023. You were allowed four visitors during your entire stay, and they had to be the same four. So they didn't have to come all together. But if you had, you know, your support person, your support person counts as one. If you had a doula, your doula counts as two. And then you have two other people. And those are the only four people who are allowed to visit you. And the way that they identify that is each visitor is given a wristband. So if you check in, you have the wristband, you're one of the support people. And there were no children allowed under the age of 12, uh, which was pretty disappointing to us because we did want the, you know, the sibling meet to happen in the hospital room. It wasn't that big of a deal. He did get to meet his baby sister when we were discharged, he was waiting outside the labor and delivery unit and got to meet her that way. But I did want, you know, the snuggle moment and the, you know, sweet pictures to happen, not while my daughter was in a car seat, but it is what it is. Um, there was also a mandatory COVID test before I was allowed to go to my delivery room. So I had to be taken to a clean room. My nurse had to basically scrub up and give me a COVID test. And uh, I was told that if my COVID test came back positive, then I would only be allowed one visitor. And then that visitor would not be able to leave my unit. So again, things may have changed in the month since I've delivered, but you know, COVID is here to stay. So do as you will with that information. Um, so just to get a little subjective here, I will say just based on my personal experience, I would recommend delivering at Presbyterian if, if it's available to you. I think I just had a much better experience there. I felt like I was heard. Um, and you know, even throughout my prenatal care, I felt like my doctor's really listened to me, really took what I had to say seriously. Uh, as far as ease of getting an appointment, I did not have the back and forth that I had with Christus. And wait time, when I got to my appointments, I was seen immediately. I felt like at Christus, I was often waiting in the waiting room for 45 minutes past my appointment time before I was even brought back into my room to be examined by a nurse, to be told to you know, my doctor will be here. And then I talked to them for two minutes. I feel like my appointments at Presbyterian were very respectful to my time and to my schedule. And while it was still, you know, your doctor's going to talk to you for five minutes and then leave, it just felt like a much more respectful experience to me. I'm a busy person. They're a busy person. They didn't keep me waiting, which I appreciated. And ease of getting my, uh, my six-week appointment uh, for Christus, I actually had to call after my son was born and schedule, which if you try to get a hold of anybody at Christus is honestly a nightmare. But I was able to schedule my appointment while I was still doing my prenatal appointments. 
So I did call to reschedule it, which again was a super easy process. But I was told, you know, based on my due date here, we have this appointment available work for you. Cool. Great. So again, just my personal experience, do with it what you will. But, uh, if this can help anybody, I, I hope you take it seriously. I hope you listen to what I said as far as pros, cons, compare, contrast, but I think that's, that's pretty much all I got. And I appreciate you guys for listening. Thank you. As always, we will be back to our regular banter and craziness soon. I promise. Like I said, it's just been such a hectic, hectic time for both of us. And we love you. We appreciate you. Keep listening. Happy summer. And we will see you guys next time. Bye.